Well, I'm still reading comics. Hey, what? And we're still at the Hellfire Gala. I'm still lost. Oh, lost. Well, I let me be honest with all of our listeners, okay? I went too hard, too fast on my comics binge. And so instead of continuing to catch up between last week and this week, I just took like four days, five days that I didn't read anything except the new comics that came out. And I I, I feel my brain thanks me. I feel better. Honestly. However, reading some of these comics, yeah. I was like, what is happening? These definitely were more connected to the section that you haven't read in terms of reference points. Yeah. Specifically Excalibur. Yeah. And I would agree with what you did, though. Yeah. Because you... <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> your brain was mush after reading all of those issues. And you have... Uh, Ten of Swords is a lot conceptually. And we started talking about one specific issue of it and, and kind of more generally the broad themes to lead you in. And I think that might be a benefit. Yeah, for sure. I think the problem was that I read so many so yeah. quickly and because yeah. they're all like somewhat intertwined, right? I couldn't tell the difference between what happened where and who like yes. who belongs where, what happened, whose storyline is this, what's going on? When did this happen and in what title? I need the TVA. You need me. I have you. Welcome to the XY podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. I wonder how that sounded with this song intro. Yeah, we'll probably I'll probably cut that a little shorter than it went. We'll see. We'll see. So today we are continuing our coverage of the Hellfire Gala. Part two. Part two. And we're gonna kick it off with Excalibur. Yeah, so this week. Part two of four of the Hellfire Gala. There were three issues that came out this week. Technically, only two of them take I was going to say, yeah, only two of them have anything to do. Well, one of them has something to do. One of them references it. And wait, can we just talk about for a second how there was this whole pile of comics, <laughs> okay? And you said they're in reading order on the table. Yep. So I picked them up. Yep. I read Excalibur. Yes. I read X-Men. Mm-hmm. You said, you don't really have to read Children of the Atom, but I said, Justin, please, I'll read it. I read it. And I made no mention to. And you said nothing about Strange Academy. However, I read it. Yes. And was like, yep, this is not, and this was not, I was not supposed to read it. <laughs> there was nothing gala about this. Nothing gala about this. Did you enjoy Strange Academy? I did like it. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued. I We've talked about it. You might not remember, but I basically said it's... Xavier's school in an era that there is an Xavier school mixed with a little Hogwarts mm. because it is yeah, magic. Yeah, I definitely got Hogwarts vibes. Yeah. I will say when I posted the picture yeah, on everybody. our story Couple of people. like holding the comics, like my turn to read, a few people like reached back out and was like, you guys read Strange Academy? And I was like, okay, yo, I need to read this. I, I read Strange Academy yeah. and it has some loose connections to mutants, at least a couple or at least one. I think it was PJ who said that I would at least get Wanda as a professor if yes. I read it. So, And magic. And magic. All right. I got to read it. It's basically Doctor Strange's school for weird magic kids. Weird magic kids. It's the Doctor Strange Hogwarts is what you're saying. Yeah. it's I. That's why I collect it. Diggity, diggity down. Excalibur. Okay. Back to business. Excalibur. Hey, as a, as a quick aside promotion, we're going to be guesting on an Excalibur-based podcast next week yeah the oh gosh oh golly oh wow podcast that is doing a issue by issue breakdown and analysis of the initial excalibur run let's hope i can keep my brain inside my skull we'll be talking about issue number 19 of the cross time caper but that's old excalibur we're talking new excalibur tell me about that cover page this cover page is dope okay first of all richter looks angry af so angry he's just storming off storming through Storming through and creating an earthquake in his path, which it's, I don't know. Is that foreshadowing? Here's my I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. He's a lot angrier on the cover than he ever is in the book. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, here's a question I have. Sure. 
Do covers, like, do they have to relate? I feel like sometimes covers don't relate to, like, what's in the book. Is the cover a promise for what's on the inside? Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. Not always. I mean, it is to entice you. It is to tease the, you know, and if you look at this, Richter's angry at the gala. And it's affecting other people. Which is accurate. The degree at which he's angry is maybe a little bit more titillating on the cover to draw you in. Titillating. It's a lot more explosive than what he's actually doing. And I mean, like Shaw's falling through the earth and I wish that was real. Yeah. And he's not even in this issue, I don't think. I don't think I saw him once. I don't think so. Uh, This is the first time where I saw Xavier's outfit and hated it i zoomed in on it and, and i was like what is that when they first announced the covers, the and covers. They showed you. oh yeah <laughs> that was pretty early on they showed the <laughs> standard 12 covers that's funny all right shall we dive in we shall page turn noise so excalibur's going to the gala i loved the difference between the hellions opening pages and this opening page and how these teams relate to each other Versus, you know, what they do. It just gives you a different feel for how I mean, these... like, these are the classy folks and the Hellions are the ones who are pre-gaming before. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one stroke of a broad stroke <laughs> list. I feel like this is more of a family. You know, these are friends. These are a team. Whereas Hellions are like Mr. Sinister's troubled cases. I that... don't know. I feel like Hellions are like a family in a different... I feel they're like, like they're dysfunctional gro- family. They're growing to it. They're siblings. This is like they're a cousins. full family. They're, oh, cousins. they're cousins. This is like a full family. This is like maybe an extended, like a modern family. Who's the mom? It's probably Betsy and Rogue's the aunt. Gambit's the Rogue's uncle. Rogue's the cool aunt. Yeah. Jubilee. Jubilee and Richter are the kids. Oh, man. Okay. And, well, and anyway. I just, it really stuck out to me the difference of, you know, they're all going versus Hellion's not going and yeah. even Jubilee's bringing her human her baby infant slash dragon child. Her infant. <laughs> and I love so Richter's just so pissed because nobody can see him with all that camouflage he's wearing. <laughs> he's just blending into he's, the trees. Yeah, he's really blending in. He hates parties. Don't feel like dancing. We're hitting you with that creative team real early on in this one. And I like that because I was I was lost early on on the other issue. I felt like I was like, where is it? Where's the page? I think it was Marauders when it was, it was like the divider. It was the divider to when was the end of the night. Teeny Howard as our writer, Marcus Toe as the artist, Eric Arseniega as the color artist, VCs Ariana Maher as the letterer, editorial team, and Tom Muller on design. Don't feel like dancing. Also, Fire and Brimstone. I, I like the double titling that you get with these. Mm splash pages so after this iteration of reading like i'm telling you what a a project i would like us to do together before our next recording session is to actually go through the comics that have come out thus far and add in the new ones and make a timeline good because i've already started labeling in my notes as to which times what happens easy to copy and paste into a master timeline document Excellent. I knew I married you for a reason. <laughs> All right. So um, right off the bat. We've got our runway photographers wondering, hey, you know, what's. Where's Captain Britain? So um, where's she been? Me? So she's not been around. She's not I been guess. around. <laughs> yeah. That's something that you're not going to know. But Betsy disappeared at the end of Ten of Swords. Uh, disappeared is Whoops. probably a generous way of putting it in the sense that she was. Shattered to bits and scattered oh. across the multiverse in some way. Spoiler alert. Hey, no holds barred. <laughs> you had an assignment. Hey, hey, hey. You said <laughs> earlier in this episode that it was right the choice I made. Yeah, but I'm not going to hold myself to you not reading. This page tells us there's been a lot going down in Great Britain, in the UK, yeah. in, in her area since her absence. Like they felt sneaky. They felt abandoned. By the mantle, A, belonging to a mutant from the beginning. And that's something that's been running throughout the entire Mm -hmm. series. But then now she's not even here. Where's our protector? Our great omniversal champion. Where'd she go? Okay, so then Richter gets a surprise. Richter gets a surprise, but he also has his mention. You you mentioned this on the couch and you're like, save it for the podcast. Oh, yeah. 
still having trouble with Apocalypse having left the team. Yeah. Okay. So it's just left the team? Because this alludes to gone, gone. Like, he out. Not he's out of Excalibur, but like, he gone. Not he dead. He's not resurrected. He just gone. He's gone. Yeah. No, that's an accurate description as to where he is. He's not dead. He is gone. Also, can we just talk about the way Apocalypse's name is written? Like, the symbol. It just comes across as like, in my brain when I read it. Yeah. I just I just look at it and say, hey. Hey. I remember you. Hey. But yeah, Richter gets pulled off screen. And then an aggressively bloody moment. Yeah. Do you know who that is, do you? Maybe. Shatterstar? Shatterstar. Yeah. I know who Shatterstar is, but I don't know who Shatterstar is. I mean, so they've they've been a thing. I can I understand. Kind of get that from the context <laughs> got, of the issue. Got it's that great, vibe. great story. They're coming together across this issue to feature in Pride Month. I feel like that was. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite sure how things ended between them. You have a reference of Richter being alive, but also, yeah, the bloody thing is uh, just. Is that going to be explained at another point? I mean, like, so you missed. How he resumed? Well, you saw, you saw Shatterstar in X Factor, right? Maybe. <laughs> right, mush, it's mush. All it's all mush. So he was Give in X Factor. More. He was in the Mojoverse, which is actually where Shatterstar originates. Oh yes, okay. And he was their top streamer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Battling, yeah, 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 yeah. killing I people. And so now. I guess I don't know if this is like straight from a battle or if this that is a play sense. off of his time in the Mojo verse. But no, that makes sense. It's doing some weird things. And then we we jump to ten ten twenty p.m. Ten twenty. And did we have, did we have a first mark? So nine thirty was our first marker. All that that yes. intro that was the runway stuff. We didn't have anything at the beginning, but the runway stuff when they were arriving that it was nine thirty. That's fashionably late. Fashionably late compared to the other teams that we've seen. Mm. And then. The X-Men are announced, and there's this whole conversation about what's Gambit going to do. Is he still going to live in the lighthouse? Yeah. Is he going to go be with Rogie Pants? Like, what's going to happen? I mean, shout out to Gambit for being that supportive husband that got snubbed from the X-Men. But also, I'm worried about Gambit. I'm just... He's, Why? He's excited to further the only narrative development that he's had in the Krakoan era being staying home with the cats. That's yeah. all he's been doing yeah. the entire Krakoan era. You know, he's just being a cat dad. Cat dad. And he ain't mad. Yeah, Cry about the cats. That's all he does. He's just having a he's just having a time. There is there is the the sneaky nod with him saying, you know, Gambit got plans. Don't you worry about me, Cher. Ro has plans. Gambit has plans too. Gambit has plans. You want to clue us in on those plans, Gambit? Because we're no, curious. No. We're curious. Well, you have to wait. All right. You have to wait. I titled this page Pete's Wisdom. Pete Wisdom. Yes. Let's talk about Pete Wisdom for yes, a let's. second. So he's a mutant. Oh, yeah. But he, ha- well, we know later why the, the humans are chum chummy with him. <laughs> <laughs> chum chummy, yes. But like, he's a mutant, but he's, what's his story, Pete Wisdom? Pete Wisdom works for M13. Or MI, yeah, so when he wisdom works for MI thirteen, the British agency, so he had been aligned with them and has occasionally been, you know, he was MI six in the beginning. He's he's much more of a representative of Britain than he is ever an X Man. Yeah. So when when there's that moment in one of the earlier issues of Excalibur where like the agent just shows up at the end and they're like, you're not Betsy Braddock or you're not Captain Brain or whatever. That's him. And then mm-hmm. he continues that. All right. So he's here. He's here. He's here to see Betsy. Yeah. They're going to dance it out and have a little telepathic telepathic chit chat. So Maybe he can a... say something's up since you've been gone. Oh, God. So this for me was great. I was like, okay, since I've been gone also, Betsy, <laughs> tell me what's happened. Honestly, most of this happened off panel, so it was great for me too. <laughs> Which, I mean, great for me is kind of a divisive statement because I didn't get to see any of this stuff happen. Yeah, it was but cool. But I, I do like the evolution of Kaba. I do, you know, I, I did talk to a couple of people that were like, 
I'm bored with Coven Akaba. I'm, I'm done with it. They've been building in the background. They haven't really been prominent mm. in recent stories. They were early on introduced, and now they've been doing something behind the scenes this whole time. Well, and they've been doing a lot behind the scenes. Yeah, they're stepping forward with a, a new power that I'm I'm interested in. Yeah. This actually is the first time that I've cared about what's going on with Coven Akaba. Okay, look Both at you. Ruben and Mariana. Mariana. She crazy. <laughs> but we did see Ak make their walk in, right? The leader of Ak. Do you remember? you remember from last week? Angry ambassadors against Krakow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what it's the not, heck is Ak? It's not funny if I have to spell it out. Okay, well, maybe other people needed a refresher, too. <laughs> Ak! 11 o'clock? 11 o'clock. And we have, uh, Betsy is angry. That's because they're pulling a Krakoan Brexit right now. Yeah, well. They're out. They're out. We don't need you stinking drugs. They're out on Krakoa. They're returning the drugs. We're smashing the gates. Some heated emotions. But this this is the villain that we've needed. And I think it just so solidly connects to Britain, Excalibur, the responsibility of Captain Britain, but with the added layer of what Krakoa has changed to that relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I really like where the story's going now. Good. And, you know, they're leaving and Betsy's like, what are you, what are you leaving for? What do you got? You got nothing. Yeah, where are you going? Who are you going to, who's going to be your leader? Nobody's oh, going to be your leader. I'm, I'm a leader. You can't get to Morgan. I got blood sacrifices. Nobody knows that yet. I do. The The mention of the contested land where the lighthouse is as a tease for later. The false druid. Do what you can, false druid. Ooh, false druid. That's an insult. He's not false, though, because the druids, they came. He's him. a druid king. Yeah. What do you know? 11.30 p.m. Uh, Megan's pregnant. Yeah, but she's not telling Brian. Is it secretly Nightcrawler's baby? I don't know. Did he bamp up in there? <laughs> like, I mean, why does why he know? Why does he know? I mean, so why does he know? Why does he know though? <laughs> they are classic X Men. They are a love triangle. Oh, the three of them. Yes. So maybe it is Nightcrawler. I don't think baby. it is. I mean, that's been put to bed a long time ago. They were a love triangle early on in Excalibur's days. Nightcrawler had a lot of affection towards Megan. She didn't really, you know, being a fairy empath. Well, listen. Okay. I know I missed probably like six to 12 issues of Excalibur. But Brian was like nowhere to be found, okay? Megan was sad and alone on Krakoa. So, I mean, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler is there. Nightcrawler wasn't doing anything until Way of X. And, and now... She's not telling Brian about the baby, but Nightcrawler knows about the baby. Council meetings don't take all day, you I'm know? I'm just saying. The way he just poofs up and scares her and yeah. holds her in his arms. Well, I mean, he's also drunk. He's a playful pirate man. I mean, I love him. I'm I do all too. for it. All for I it. just, I'm just saying, that could be a Nightcrawler baby. Uh, Rachel. Ah, uh, Rachel. Can we, uh, if she's not going anywhere else after X Factor, can we get her on Excalibur? Can this be the team that she jumps onto? Because I I don't care about power balance. I know you have another telepath already. She's OG member. She's got yeah. a great relationship with Betsy. They're friends. And wah, wah, wah. I just I love Rachel Summers and this book has been on the upswing for me since the end of Ten of Swords, so it would just make it that much better to have I agree. Great character. I think send her there. I like the way that Rachel is like has anybody asked you to dance tonight without asking yeah. you for something? Yes. And then she's like, let me be the first. Yeah. I, I, just, I nice feel like that's moment. playful. That's like, that's a real friendship too. Yeah. It's like them checking in on each other. Yeah. Kavanakaba. Data page. I mean, we don't need to talk about it. Uh, but then we get, we get to. Pete, we where's get your there, wisdom? And it's like, holy crap. They about to sacrifice you, Pete Wisdom, These, and there's no escape, there's and no, it does not, it does not look good for him. Yeah, These, and it goes downhill fast. These three pages took it to the next level for me. Like, first off, Pete, you're dumb. Like, <laughs> how did you think they had your back, hanging out with the people that just up front said no to mutants? We're not taking anything yeah. from mutants. Well, that's why I was also, like, is we're there into, something else about him that I don't know? Because- also, we're into ritualistic magic, and you're not. 
So come back to our secret lair. You don't get a red hood. Yeah, you're not part of us, but like we're going to use you and spill your blood uh, and somehow free Morgan from her chains yeah. with magic sacrifice uh, that, powers. That blood magic? Mariana was giving me all sorts of evil creep vibes. This, like that her with her with hands the, up and her, go- her, her glasses. I've, and I've like, never cared more about Mariana Stern than this panel. Yeah. That's, okay, and um, where's Jamie? What's he doing? Oh, what's he look like he's doing? He just like uh, looks oh. like he's um, floating crystals on Mars. Yes. Yes. Excellent artwork. <laughs> yes. Uh, this has to be something confirmed. The fact that he's on Mars doing something. They even make reference to the fact that we call to you on this night when the witch breed revel and the mad king is away among the stars because... There's a planet size announcement coming. Coming up. Any clues? Any clues? Any no. hints? Justin, please. I'm so behind. What do you mean? It's all happening in front of us. I don't know anything except for what they're sh- what they're teasing as they go into. I mean, maybe no. You know that the fact that they've been growing Krakoan flowers on Mars. Yes. I just feel like uh, they might be doing other stuff on Mars. Like what? Hey, that's. Uh, you can give a prediction. Um, I will in X Men. I have there's a couple <sighs> there's a couple of specific panels that make me think about what's going on. Okay, well, but anyway, what, he he's on a red planet. And we see Earth in the distance, and it's uh, he's an Omega level mutant. It's Mars. It's Mars. And Druid time. Then the Druids come and they make the lighthouse its own island because Richter is PO'd and he wants to be alone. Honestly, I kind of like that. I, I feel like that adds another layer of contention between these two parts and of a very specific piece of Excalibur history. Agreed. I could have done without the To Me My Druids line. It was a little oh. too on the news. I was kind of like everyone is saying To Me My. Yeah. To Me My. Because someone else said it. Yeah. To me, my marauders. Didn't Emma say it at one point? Yeah. I'm done Maybe with it. Maybe not. No, I'm not done with it. But anyway, it was a good moment. And then... I could, okay, oh. how is she walking through this Krakoan gate? How is this uh, Morgan lady walking through this Krakoan gate? That's the blood magic. That's the... Oh, that's why it's red. She's got mutant blood. That's why the green on Mariana's hands corresponds to the green on Morgan's hands. Oh, she's doing some kind of magic ritual with the blood on her hands, giving her essentially mutant DNA to allow her access through the gate. And it's all just prediction or that's crazy reading into it. And then you see the lighthouse. We have our reunion on the shores. Some brewskis. Some brewskis. For a nice seaside sit. That was a that was a nice little moment to end it on. A nice tease to what might happen further. The Krakoan for next month. Down the barrel. Down the barrel. What were your thoughts overall? Have I assuaged no, I, I your mean, confusion? Yeah. I mean, I just like, where the heck is Apocalypse? But I'll figure it out once I read. Do you know, you know what I'm going to tell you? No. Do not tell me. You sure? No. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. No, don't tell me. All right. You got to read it. You got to read Ten of Swords this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you where Apocalypse does show up. Oh, on the cover of X-Men number 21. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at him there. <laughs> you didn't see. You were like, what the hell's going on? What are you I talking about? I was like, about? what do you mean? He's, He's not, not on the cover. Issue. He's not. In, what are you talking about? He is. He's there. He is there. This is the end of Hickman's run on X-Men. <gasps> the final X-Men. From Hickman. But then he'll go to Dugan. <laughs> a lot of people, and I'll say this because a lot of people have been asking us online and just thinking that this means that Hickman is leaving. Hickman is not leaving, at least to what I am able to read into. This is him reorganizing what's being done under his direct pen. Mm. He is still very much so the head of X. I see this as an opportunity for him to now focus on those higher level big story moments like Inferno, which is coming in September. Interesting. I don't think that that's gonna be the last that we see from him either. I feel like once that once that ends, we'll On know to the next. We'll know what the next title from Hickman is. Well what do you think about this cover? I think 
think this cover is pretty cool. I mean, we got lots of peeps. Lots of peeps. But like this cover says battle and this issue doesn't really say battle. I'd agree with that. You know, this to our previous conversation, this doesn't uh this looks like a banana, but it's really an orange. I'm know? glad you said that and I didn't say what I was going to say. Beach turn noise. 8.12 p.m. Reception. Ah, uh, Namor. I mean, we don't get our creative team until after this section, but I don't know if you noticed, there are four different artistic teams throughout this title throughout this book Ooh, that's pretty cool yeah so four pencilers for color artists you know especially in these couple of pages i i really do love the orange the feeling of sunset that you yeah. see in the distance like this atmospheric feel and at 8 12 p.m you know this is sunset this is the winding down of the hellfire gala i also just really love that you can see the little edge of the sentinel head yeah yeah, the, the visual design. So we saw this first come together, this island base, mm-hmm. this gala Headquarters. event space yeah, for the Hellfire Training Company. We saw this come together in Giant Size Magneto. Yeah, we did. Mickneys, Mickneys, Mickneys. Is that an island in Greece? Yeah, it's right at the Faroe Islands. It's outside of Greece, yeah. Mickneys. Mickneys. I'm not even going to try to say Mickneys. it. I looked yeah. it back up because I said it. I said it last week. I said Mitchness. I was like, "That's not right. That's not. That's right. not right." You lied to me, Google. Yikes. Well, anyway, Namor has a question for Charles and Eric. Yeah. So, how goes the Empire Building? Which I think, oh, I, I love this exchange. I just, I loved this exchange. I even loved where it ended because. You know, you can fault him for being as cocky as he is, but Namor is king of the sea. He is you know, he was king like, of Yeah, Atlantis. waters most of the earth. So yeah, see, I, come come get me when you've got something to talk I to me about. 70% of this planet, you have an island with 12 people fighting over control of it. Like, why would I belittle my power to, to do this? But in this, the question that I have is what's up with these open council seats? Yeah, I can't answer that. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, so does it say how many open council seats there are? It says one, but then it says, but there's going to be two, actually. There are two open council seats. This is also... And, and you know, it's interesting to have this conversation. I almost don't want you to read Ten of Swords until we're done with the Hellfire Gala because you're calling out the specific points that had been furthered through Ten of Swords. Mm. At the end of Ten of Swords, there are two members of the council who are no longer on the council. What? One is Apocalypse. Apocalypse because, because he's gone. He's gone. And the other is Jean Grey. A sp- Spoiler alert. You literally just said you weren't going to tell me, and then you told me. I didn't tell you what happens. Well, Jean Grey's going to leave the X-Men. Yeah, that's basically why she's not going to be on the council. Plus a couple more steps added in. All right. Well, I'll find that out eventually. Yeah, eventually. But anyway, Namor just wants none of it. I'm a real king. You know, Namor is not sitting with the mutants, is what I wrote. He went over to the Illuminati table, and he was like, Get out of here, you guys. You can't sit with us. You can't sit with us. I'm over here with my human superhero friends. Oh, yeah, when he's like, I, my allegiance will be divided. And then he's like, well, I'm going to go over here and hang out with the Avengers now. So, Yeah. I mean, and so it's it's a lot and of Avengers. And the Fantastic Four. Except for Captain America, this is a lot of the Illuminati team. Wait, that's... That's a thing. I didn't... I wasn't just throwing that around. Do you know, do you know who the Illuminati are? Nobody knows who the Illuminati are. Good answer. <laughs> Do you know who the Marvel Illuminati are? Um, is it Iron Man, <laughs> Namor, Reed Richards, Black Panther, and um, some Doctor other Strange. guy who I can't see, Doctor Strange? Black Bolt is often on, but he would not have been invited to the Hellfire Gala because of inhuman mutant relations. And Xavier was also on the Illuminati. The contrast of this shot is really interesting to see this new division amongst the Illuminati Council. So 
in the same sense of what are the Illuminati in real life? I mean, are they in real life? Who knows? They are the people that control bigger picture. They're real. They're real. In the comics and in real life. Yes. So this is a council of highly influential Marvel superheroes. Our creative team page, but with the end of an era. The end of an era. That's a bold statement. Yeah. Well, so this is this is basically, I hope that this is the end of the beginning. You know, that, that there's been a couple of uncertain, like where, how are we tracking the length of time in relation to how long this is going to last? Hickman pitched a three-act story. We don't know what the so divisions So you think of, this is the end of Act 1 or the end of Act 2? I think it's the end of Act 1. So Hoxpox, Dawn of X, Hellfire Gala, that's Ten of Swords, that's Act 1. Yeah. And because I'd also challenge, like we're supposedly in the reign of X right now, I'd challenge how much we are actually in the reign of X or how much this is just setting up the reign of X. This is like the denouement of Act 1. What is what is denouement? The denouement. Tell me what it means. Beep-boop-bop-boop-beep-boop. What is the denouement in a story? Well, a denouement is a French word for the part of a story between the climax and the resolution. It's basically the falling action, as you would call it in English. Oh. So this signals the end of that denouement. The denouement. In my mind, whereas... Denouement. Yes. I don't think you pronounce the T because it's French. Denouement. 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 Please excuse my terrible... Written by Jonathan Hickman, artist by... Nick Dragata, Russell Dodderman, Lucas Wernock, and Sarah Pacelli. Color artists, Frank Martin, Matthew Wilson, Sonny Goh, and Nolan Woodard. Letterer, VCs Clayton Cowles. You often find the pairings, and I think this is interesting. You also you find the line artist often paired with a specific colorist. Mm. Like they build a relationship. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so it's 10.15 p.m. 10.15, what's and we're happening? announcing the election. Oh, hey, Russell Donovan's art. I think it's interesting, this this panel, where, like, Jean has her hand on Cyclops' shoulder, but she's also floating in the sky. So is that, like, her mind is floating in the sky up at everyone, or? I think this is her descent into the room, and then she... Oh. Comes upon Cyclops's shoulder to make an announcement, and what do they announce? Well, opening of the minds of all mutants, and that's pretty dope. That's very dope. I mean, let's just talk about what it is Jean Grey is doing right now, because she is connecting. She's she's yeah. Go ahead, say what you're going to say. She is connecting all mutant minds, not on Earth, but all mutant minds. Ever. Yeah, Anywhere. That are within reach. And she's not just connecting them to be able to like hear them all in her head. Mm-hmm. She's letting them hear each, other. hear each other and pitch each other why they should be on the X-Men team. Like She's allowing for all of these telekinetic conversations to happen at one time and also being able to compile all the data and without cerebro omega think about that yeah this is a this is an omega flex right now this is an omega flex and the next page where you see a couple of panels of our mutants connecting to gene we've got mark Marin making a guest appearance on that first panel (laughs) the second panel is quite possibly one of the more interesting of the issues just because i'm reading into things tell me more so the second panel we look like we are on the sword station because these are two sword affiliate members that you do not recognize because you have not read any of sword nope but also sword is a space station out in space and what's that giant orb behind peeper's head Mars. Mars. Now, why would Peeper and Risk be on the sword station while this giant thing is happening? I don't know. Do you know who Peeper and Risk are? Not 
a clue. So Peeper has the ability to see a lot of things. So Oh, oh really? Yes. <laughs> he can peep? Yes. He's got telescopic vision, microscopic vision, x-ray vision. He can see things. So he's eye boy? Basic. Well, kind of, yes. But basically the precursor of eye boy. Gotcha. And Risk has the power. Takes risks. (laughs) Risk (laughs) can create localized gravity fields to affect inorganic matter, placing a gravitronic charge within an object to compress it into a small high-density mass and then maneuver it. Really, So the, move things around in space. Move things around in space, but also introduce a gravitational field. In space on Mars? Yes. Interesting. And I feel like I don't want to get ahead of myself, so we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But that this panel was like, what y'all doing up there? What y'all getting ready for the Omega party on Mars? Mm, Interesting. And I didn't notice any of that. But that's okay. Because you don't know these people. I I mean, you don't know this third panel. This is the story. This is an old. Yeah. But this is a story that's coming out of New Mutants. And that is Cosmar from the new mutants run where she was having the nightmares and sucking yes okay okay yes which is a great utilization of this character interesting interesting and so we see a bunch of human reactions to what the heck is going on here i like is that thor yeah what is this ensorcelment (laughs) because i mean they do all sort of all of a sudden they're just like Oh, they're all real, that so raven faced yeah we're getting real quiet in our own minds and we're not sharing with you all except dr strange who is able to sneak in an earphone and then the team is announced the team is announced and i do honestly i i love this page where you get these little character moments of where they were or what how they're reacting you know you <laughs> I see i love that wolverine is just chomping down on exactly shrimp. i just I, I feel like that's great sunfire is just onto the side he's the, just waiting for someone to ask him to dance excalibur is all with each other you have the generation x team that are kind of hanging out together i like that monet is like giving side eye oh my gosh that is a rbf yes and Starting and finishing it, so you have Excalibur on the top, surrounded by all of her team, and you have most of X Factor that you can see surrounding Polaris. Excited and and her facial, and her I really facial like expression the, is yeah. so like heartwarming. She just like she's like I'm an X Men. Y'all did, picked yeah. me, which made me it made me think a couple of things. One, I wish we could hear some of their pitches. Mm. I wish we could hear even if it was just a snippet of what they said or how people coalesce behind it. I just feel like that would have been really interesting to hear even like a, a small word bubble on the page that Mm. was announcing them. Well, it's also interesting because I feel like maybe some of them based on like the way they're reacting, right? Like maybe they weren't really pitching for themselves, but maybe like all of X factor was pitching for Polaris because they were like, we wanted Polaris to be the leader of X factor, but she wasn't, she wouldn't do it. So like now we're going to make her an X man. Yeah. But we got a team, baby. And we get that dope shot of them. I love this shot. I love this image. This could be a poster. I love this the the rainbow across the back. So that's sync. Yeah, that sync's powers, right? Yeah. That's his energy signature when he's using his powers. It's so awesome. And just how the accents of each one and the, the character moments that they're experiencing in this and just the design of it. And it's the fact that I, the first time I've actually liked Polaris's dress. Yeah. Because it's become part of her magnetic energy and it's not just a little, 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 little. And I'm sorry, like, I know people are saying Jean and Cyclops are leading this team together. Like, Jean is leading this team. Can we just, can it just be Jean who's leading this team? I don't know. I'm interested to see what it is. I would prefer it's someone and not co leaders. I, I said this on social media. If they're co leaders, I would rather have them have a couple more members and lead mini units on one larger team. I just feel like she's she's the general. Like yeah, he Yeah, but he's the captain commander. Well, exactly. So he can't be 
He uh, can't be in charge of the X-Men because he has to be in charge of all of the teams. Yeah, I, he I has to check with in with all the teams. I would agree with so that. So Jean's in charge of the X-Men and Cyclops is her second on that team. But then he's also checking in with and managing all the other teams. Like you can't be the leader of all the teams or be the, like he's like the manager, right? He's like overseeing everybody. Supervisor. Yeah. And then we have a crap ton of sinister secrets that I always read them and I always try to pretend I am going to know what they mean Mm -hmm. and I don't. This quiet council member isn't actually fooling anyone. They're fooling everyone. Wear a mask long enough and eventually it starts wearing you. Such a shame not being able to let things go. I think that's mystique. I think that's Mystique because she's wearing the mask of her transformation. She is unable to let things go. That's, and and again, you have not seen the second iteration of this story, but her campaign to bring destiny back. Yeah, well, some people just can't let things go. Havoc. (laughs) (laughs) I am once again here to ask you... To give me back my brother's ex-wife. Please, I'd like her to be my girlfriend. Please. Or it could be about Xavier because he has that hood on his yeah. face the whole yeah. time. Or it could be about Sinister. <laughs> yeah. The mask of what he is doing. Do you want to go through See, these one because by one, I or? feel like this one, she doesn't have it yet, but one way or another, this mutant always, always gets what she wants. Will it be given to her or will it have to be taken? Doesn't matter. The real question is, what's in the box? Could it be diamonds or something far more valuable? And like... Two clues on that. That's... Is that Emma? I think it is. And the, But then later on in this, in this issue, isn't there another box? There's a thing about a box with contents within it, yes. And then the fact the mention of diamonds or something more valuable. Right. We don't know what it's referring to, but it is referring to something specific. So I guess we're going through these. We can take turns reading them. I bet you'd like to know how this fittest of all mutant is handling the second genesis of his external life. Sorry, you'll have to wait to find out. (laughs) Cyclops? No. No. Fittest of all mutant. The fittest. Are you saying that in a deep voice like it's supposed apocalypse? Apocalypse. Oh. The second genesis of his external life. He, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that you're not going to know. It, he's an external, which you don't know what that means. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, because you read the pre- prelude yeah. chapters of Ten of Swords. Yeah. Yeah, so he's an external and something. Did you like how I was like, yes, yes I, I do. do. Yeah, don't get so sassy. I'm sorry. He's so mad. So mad. Seducer mm-hmm. made an honest man. You all like that I don't know how to read. Seducer made an honest man of the island's favorite boy. But what unspoken secrets are coursing through the nervous system of the favorite boy's island friend? Are you listening? I know that you are. Doug. 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 It's Doug and Krakosis. Yeah, it's the island's favorite boy, but also seducer made an honest man is a line that you're not going to know because something... Happens to our boy Doug in Ten of Swords. Oh, Dougie. Something making him an honest man. Regarding secrets and secret alliances and the shadow play that is the great game of nations, just how many ruling councils are there now circulating the sun? I'll never tell, but if you say two, you're definitely too low. What does that mean? Is that about... Is that about Shaw? Is that about the Akaba? The Coven Akaba? Uh, hmm, that's Is that about Namor? I think it might be about the Illuminati. I'm just going to keep guessing. Yes, I would agree that there's, there's likely... there's more than two. There's more than two. And the two clear ones... Oh, I can't, I can't tell you this without ruining something. Okay, don't tell me. You know who the two clear ones are. And so do our listeners if they've been reading. And if they've read Ten of Swords, they would know who the other council is. That's clear. But I think there's at least the Illuminati probably and maybe even some connection to 
Orcus. Orcus. Nimrod? Where's my friend Nimrod? And speaking of things that come in twos, two empty seats on the Quiet Council are two too many. Look for there to be moves made in the filling of those empty seats, regardless of how many favors have to be called in or how many unwise alliances are formed. Just remember, when everyone has a secret, no one can be trusted. Two seats. Two seats. Two seats and uh, a couple of ploys to fill them that we've seen. Well, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Shaw's trying to fill one. I mean, potentially. We haven't. Yeah, maybe. Have I seen a ploy? Well, I mean, you saw one in the beginning of this issue for Namor. 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 Interesting. And there maybe have been other requests coming from Charles and Magneto as well. Just basically trying to secure those seats to keep control. But it doesn't seem Charles. to be doesn't seem to be playing out for them in the positive way. And that's dangerous long term, especially with who else is on the council. Hmm. It's like board members. You need to have enough board members on your side so you can control the vote. Yeah, exactly. You don't have the votes. Ha ha. <laughs> For far too long, they shared an existence. Now the one has become two. The first is a shattered captain of a demanding queen. And the second, a sinister sword under a sinister thumb. How long will the second stay there? How many more sinister demands will be too many? No one knows, but I think we're getting close. You know this one. Psylocke. Yeah. And? Betsy. Yes. Bitsy. Bitsy. Yes, that's what it's got to be in my mind. It's got to be. It's still the early days of the Viscoran excavation of Blight Worlds, but an unknown material of immeasurable worth has begun to appear in the crooked market. So far, the mad Jasper has snatched up every peace as soon as it's available for trade but don't you worry our confederacy is of capes is set on acquiring some by hook or crook Mm, you're not gonna know what this is it's mars nope (laughs) maybe (laughs) but it's mad jim jaspers i think mad jasper right and the crooked market this is something again ten of swords Gosh darn it, I really gonna read that ton of swords. Yeah. Um and I think the piece of valuable unknown material of immeasurable worth is Mysterium. The Eternal Masquerade. <laughs> in joke. Uh but the item that we have seen in Sword oh. that you have not seen because you have not read Sword. Mm. Fun fact, y'all. My job does an event called Mysterium the Eternal Masquerade, and it's a Halloween party. So I just felt like everyone needed to know what the joke was. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Promotions are hard to come by when everyone is a resurrected immortal, but sometimes a change has to be made when an unexpected variable is added to the equation. Heroes in their do-gooder ways, always an inconvenience for a practical mutant. What does that mean? This You're making changes to people's lives? Charles. This one felt like the most ambiguous in my mind. It's just the fact that promotions, so moving up in the ranks in Krakoa is difficult because everyone can just keep on coming back. So mm-hmm. the alliances that are there are there to stay. Yes. And especially on the council and in like who's the captains, who's ruling basically the the government of Krakoa, mm-hmm. it's hard to disrupt that. Heroes in their do-gooder ways, right? They're always trying to put their best foot forward and have the best people in those positions. So I just feel like this leads to some villains and their not-so-do-gooder ways. Mm. Speaking of... Ooh, sinister secrets revealed. We don't hear this word spoken often, so when we do, it's best to pay attention. 
because when you square that circle, what took a long time to build can come crumbling down rather quickly. And then it says Inferno. What's coming down? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Krakoa. Krakoa? I don't think it's the whole of Krakoa, but I think it's what took a long time to build is the government, the nation, and how quickly it can topple over is what they've let fester within. This is not good, friends. This, uh, that's why everyone, and myself included, is very excited about Inferno. Oh, well, I'll see if I'm excited about it when it happens. What sinister someone has been hard at work studying the vile helix of a vile world? Psst, it's me. Shh. I love you, sinister. Never change. But this is, in my mind, the sinister that we saw at the end of Hellions, not the sinister we saw at the gala. Oh. Yes. The secret sinister. The secret sinister who's been studying the vile helix of a vile world. You said that again like it was going to make me know what it means. <laughs> Read Ten of Swords. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> Good Swords. Good Swords. Okay, so now it's 11.35 p.m. I love this page. And everybody's know. leaving. And yeah. this this guy, who's this guy? Patton Oswald, I believe. That's what I thought. Okay. You got George R.R. R. Martin. The writer of Game of Thrones on the right. Oh, by the gate. Mm-hmm. You got Eminem and Method Man. <gasps> There's Eminem. Method Man's right behind him in Eminem's yellow. Eminem's talking to Namor. Looks like it. <laughs> There's a couple other people that I'm not entirely sure how to place, but we've got a big old collection. I love the art on this. So this is now the beginning of the next section of artists. This is Lucas Wernock. Wernick. So Emma's talking to these folks who are from this nation or this place that no one's supposed to know about yet emma knows about it and she invited them here and something's going down and emma knows what it is but we don't know what it is and we're not really sure if they agree to it yet and mystique is just kind of like chilling um, i'm listening to I'm you i'm ready to burn it all down what i need are the contents of the kara kukta you can keep the box i just want what's inside Mysteries for another day. And then uh, we get our little bar scene as we get our nice little... Who's this guy? I don't know. I tried to place him. I don't know who that is. And it might be... So there was a enter a contest to get drawn in. I oh, yeah. I'm not sure if it is you know one of the winners. That might make sense. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really great. I, he even I, has a line. I don't know if that is, but then we get Kevin Feige with a nice little cameo. Classic Kevin Feige, blazer in a baseball cap. You know it. As, What's your story? Well, it's complicated. Yes, it is, Cyclops. Cyclops is telling his philosophy of what it means, basically, to be an X-Man and how that's evolved beyond just Xavier. And he's talking about like, his admiration for Xavier, Xavier's mm -hmm. dream, and how that really gave him purpose in his youth. But where he is now, and as this is happening, Quentin Quire is gathering the Omegas. He's doing whispers. He's doing secret secrets. You, secret secrets. Quentin Quire, an Omega-level mutant himself, is bringing together, now we see Storm, Jean Grey, Exodus, and Jamie Braddock, Monarch, all Omega-level mutants that we last saw He was him supposed in, to be on Mars. I yeah, thought he was on time, Mars. Timeline, though. He's going back to Mars. He wasn't there yet. No, but... They're going. They're going to Mars. All the Omegas are going to Mars. All of the Omegas are going to Mars. Why? Because they're going to do something on Mars. Because they're going to blow up Krakoa. They're not going to blow up Krakoa. They're going to make <laughs> Mars into a habitable world. Did you just say what you you said you weren't going to say that? No, I said I was going to say it later on. Oh. <laughs> I think they are going to. Okay, but why is Cyclops going with them? He's not. Yeah, he is. They're all walking towards the gate, and then he turns around and starts walking towards the gate and says, you guys have a good night. You're not an Omega. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway. I think so. I think they are going to the five Mars. 
You mean like the Omegas are the five of Mars? They're going to use their powers in conjunction with each other, and they're going to transform Mars, terraform Mars into a habitable world. Conjunction, junction, what's your that's function? Not, that's not a conjunction. <laughs> to make Mars into a habitable world. Let me, let me take you on a journey of my theory. Okay, wait. Hold on. I'm going to close my eyes. You have these telekinetics, these magnetic manipulators. You have the sword station now watching and able to add a gravitational pull. You have clear connections between all the mutants available, every mutant that they can make contact with. I think the fireworks are the transformation of Mars. Okay. I need to get, we're getting to the fireworks now. Yeah. Here's my question. Sure. Emma Frost, she's not Omega level, is she? No. So how in the great balls of fire can Emma Frost connect the minds of of all the humans and all the mutants that are there so they can see the fireworks. Well, I mean, so that's a very different ask of what Jean Grey was doing, right? So Jean Grey was connecting all the mutants on Earth and beyond. But that's all the mutants and all the humans at the In gala. The room. Yeah, that's that's a different level. That's not that hard? I mean, I assume it is still hard, but maybe, you know, you've been training with an Omega and you step up. Well, bong, bong, bong. It's because time. that's that's the big. I mean, did you see this panel where she's arriving on a? Um, I love it. Platform. She's being carried so, in. So majestic. So majestic. And she shows them all. She shows them all something that we don't see, but we're only teased on the next page in the last couple panels. Yeah, we continuously get teased about the fireworks at the end of a handful yeah. of issues. It's like everyone's like, whoa. Until maybe a planet-sized revelation. Will happen next week. Oh, planet size. That's the name of the it, planet but size. I know, X-Men. I know that's the name of it, but it just clicked like planet size, like Mars. Yeah. And you even see what looks like two people hanging out on asteroids, hanging out on rocks outside of Mars. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who are those people. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think that they're people. That are going to transform this whole thing. What do you think of this issue? I like it. I like it. I, I would say I feel like there is a lot of buildup. I enjoy it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the seeds of character. I'm just ready to get to the goods. You know, I, I wanted maybe a little bit more than just a tease. I don't think you're going to get to the goods until whatever the last issue is. Like, I I think every issue might reveal a little bit more about like people's reactions or things that happen leading up to, but the way that they keep teasing and the way that they never really go past like the people leaving and reacting to the announcement. I just don't think, I think we'll get our reveal next week in planet size X-Men. And then I feel like the fourth week will be our tenure mall. To use a vocab word. Then you more. That will be our reaction and fallout. That'll be a little bit furthering of everything, but also kind of what happens after the fact. What the the fallout of the after the party, if you will. Yeah. Any well, after actually, parties. I did see like preview images of like Nightcrawler being hung over and stuff. So and also sword. Uh, there's a there's a red issue in each week of the Hellfire Gala. So those are the important ones. Those are the ones that call your attention to like, hey, some other stuff. So what was the what was the one this what was the one this one was it X Men? Yeah, it was X Men this one. It was Marauders last week. It's Planet Size X Men next week, and then Sword. The last week, I feel like Sword is where we get our trial of Magneto coming out of. Who's going to frame Magneto? Because I'm going to hunt them down. Mystique. That makes sense. That makes sense. So are we going to talk about Children of the Atom? We can. We can talk about it quick. We I don't mean, necessarily need to go through the entire thing. I I enjoy it. So I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little because this 
what'd you, what'd you think of the story? I like this story. I did too. I think it's really interesting. So these kids are not super powered we or mutants. We well, this... one of them is on the verge and one of them is. Ooh, yeah. So this, this is probably the issue that we've gotten the most information. This is issue four. It's been played in, in kind of a, a slow tease in the first three issues as to what these kids are. I love them. They're super fans. They're X-Men super fans who make their own like contraptions so that they can fight crime without having superpowers. And they like, you know, they do like Spider-Man level street crime fighting and, and they just want to go to Krakoa. And I really like the character driven issues that we've been getting of this series. So the first couple have kind of spotlit a character of the group and from their perspective. So we get to know who they are. Mm. And I can't imagine that they're going to do all this groundwork on these characters, this relationship, and they're going to go away. Like mm. this, this has well, to. One of them gimmick yeah. is getting mutant powers in this one. I feel like yeah, that's exactly what it is. It says it. Yeah. Like it's not an assumption. You're... Well, I, so it was, it was basically visually teased in the end of last issue and this is the most maybe confirming as to what's going on in this issue. But yes. No, you keep saying maybe. It flat out says. So on the on the title page where it says fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ba, 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 back in New York City, new teen vigilantes, children of the atom, dreaming of becoming mutants and joining their heroes, the X-Men on Krakoa. The young team has been working tirelessly to find a way through the Krakoan gates. But so far, they've had no such luck. But one among them has secretly started to exhibit traits of a mutant, Carmen, a.k.a. Gimmick. Right. And so that is, at the end of last issue, we've seen something of her doing something more. And I feel like it's still not clear, but in the other issues, there's a lot of talk about M-Day. And a lot of the conversation is going towards, are these what would have been mutants that lost their mutant ability before they hit muberty. Right. So like they, they didn't necessarily have their powers activated or at least gimmick. So wait, how long ago was M day? I mean, in our world, it was in 2005. So they could have been children. Mm-hmm. Like toddlers, little, little babies, babies, babies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I like the story. I think it's cool. I like that they have like hybrid X Men names, and that they have one of them has a Wolverine poster. And like, did you notice the school that they go to? No. Peter Corbeau Preparatory, Brooklyn, New York. What is that? Peter Corbeau from the Phoenix Saga, the NPC to end all NPCs. Oh snap! From our last episode on the Phoenix Saga. Yeah. Minor detail. Minor detail. So, I mean, this Children of the Atom was delayed an extremely long time. We won't necessarily talk about it right now, but maybe after you've read it, we'll include it in our Mm. other conversations. I think it's a a good story now that it's on the way to where it's going. And I mean, it ties into the Hellfire Gala because they're trying to sneak in. Well, so (laughs) they've been trying to sneak through the gates for the last handful of issues. But they're like, if we put this thing in in our Hellfire Gala outfits. Yeah. Well, and also, so I'll do, I will mention two things. You have the student, I think Cole. Mm-hmm. In the last issue, we find there's another organization that has used mutants in some way to benefit the health of Cole. Oh. And there was a falling out, and that's why you get those couple of pages of him reacting to Carmen. She wasn't there, but there was a falling out where he basically called out the Children of the Atom for being interested in him as a potential way to get through the gates. They were like, oh, maybe your DNA will now read as mm-hmm. a mutant. And he got really offended and told them to leave. Yeah. He was like, you guys don't like me for me. Right. And so that also kind of connects, his story connects to the ideas of the U-men at the Who end Who get of them at the end. Right. right? Who capture so them at the end. I think, it. I just really wanted like so badly though for... Carmen to to try to walk through the gate first and to get through and right. then the rest of them to be like we're gonna get through and then they try and then they can't and then they're like oh my god yeah Carmen is a mutant but yeah I mean I liked it it didn't really tie in do you know who the human are you don't know who the human are no 
the U-Men are from Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. Mm-hmm. They surgically adapt mutant parts. So the people in X-Force could be related to them. Oh, yeah. Zeno? Yeah. Where they're doing that? Yeah. Potentially. But they do it more. They're the OG people of that. They've been around right. for a little while. So I'm saying maybe there's some connection coming there. Oh, I like that. I like that. Overall thoughts of the, the three issues? Any Good. Any last Great. closing? Grand. Yeah. Wonderful. And, and excited that we are also attending the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. If, I mean. If you didn't see us on Marvel's Instagram the other day, we were there as part of the Marvel mission. Yeah. Got our looks ready to go. Can't wait to see what happens on this spectacular evening. We might have uh, an insider scoop before our next episode, Tease Tease, as to what's going on in the Hellfire Gala. Mm, So excited for our next interview. Until next time, old friend. Charles, I'm upset that Namor said no to joining. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 